This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's a midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, 215-592-949. If we'll get back to all the phone calls here on the Phils and, of course, this difficult Eagles schedule. But we've got to go out to the guest line right now. A guy that uh, caught our attention last week with his take on Joel Embiid as the rumors are flying that Joel and the Knicks, that there's something there, maybe smoke, maybe fire. Well, Evan had Evan Roberts, WFN up in New York, of course, with Craig Carton. He didn't want Joel Embiid up in New York with the Knicks. Let's talk to Evan about that and, of course, his thoughts on James Harden as we decide how much money the Sixers might give this guy. Evan, how you doing today? <laughs> Evan. I'm great. If I want someone who just randomly kicks players in the groin, then I'd want Joe Ellen Big, wouldn't I? <laughs> so, so, so tell me why did you have such a strong take on Joe Ellen Because loser is such a strong word. Well, he, he is a loser. I mean, are you guys disputing that? I, I, I would assume <laughs> that you as a city have turned on him. I mean, you're a city of winners, right? You're well, Evan, just to, to take you inside, Evan, here about two months ago, we did a show on whether or not Joel Embiid is a championship player, and they were waiting outside for me with, with pitchforks because I spent four <laughs> hours just saying he's not a championship player. But now, now, Evan, I think people are seeing the light a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I want to be very clear. I want to be upfront with you. I freaking hate Joel Embiid. All right, I can't freaking stand him when nick claxton pulls an Allen iverson which i thought you guys would love and respect he's paying homage to one of the greats of your city and joel Embiid's reaction is to just kick up and make sure nick could never have children that just reminded me what kind of dirty dirty player joel is but he's a great player in all seriousness he is a great regular season player when he plays and he won that mvp and i know that means a lot to him and i guess that means a lot to the city so congratulations on that uh, hopefully that keeps you warm all summer long. But come postseason time, you guys love to find the person to blame. For a while, it was Ben Simmons, rightfully so. I'm certainly not going to defend Ben Simmons, speaking of losers, by the way. Whether it's blaming the coaching staff, whether it's blaming whoever you want to come up with, Joel Embiid as the best player on your team has come up short, time in and time out. So there's a myriad of reasons why I don't think it would be a good decision for the Knicks to basically take every asset they've collected, throw it in the middle and send it to Philadelphia. But I think we just need to all accept, and I'm sure most, most people in Philly are coming around to it, that the guy's a loser. He's never going to win anything there, and he's not going to win anything in New York either. Hold up, Evan. You can't just be swinging your junk in a man's face <laughs> like that, man. I totally disagree with that. You just can't let a man hover his junk all over. You got to do something. You got to retaliate. I don't feel bad about Joel and being retaliating with that being said. But this whole James Harden thing. We're, you talk about being over a barrel or in a pickle. We're in a little bit of a pickle. What do you feel about or how do you feel about them potentially giving uh, 
James Harden all of this cash here in Philadelphia. So, so you kind of have to. And I, because once you made the trade with Brooklyn, and not that you regret giving up Ben Simmons, that's for sure, or even Andre Drummond or Seth Curry, I guess the first-round pick can come back and haunt you down the road. You've kind of made your bed with James, and there's no way to get better by losing him. So I think sometimes in the NBA, just because of the way the cap is structured, if you lose him, how are you replacing that? So I could sit here and probably agree with you guys that you're not going to win anything with James Harden, that the contract is going to age badly, that he will no-show in the biggest postseason game like he already has for you a couple of times. But I think sometimes in the NBA, you almost make your bed and you just have to lie in it. So I think Philly's kind of in a spot where they've got to keep him and they've just got to try to run it back with what failed this year and will probably fail for the next three years, too. Well, it probably will, unfortunately. Evan, you um, you made your opinion clear on Embiid, but what do you make of the smoke coming out of the Knicks thing? I mean, I always think in the NBA, when there's a lot of smoke, there's usually fire. And it, it kind of reminds me, in a way, the Knicks-Embiid thing of Harden Sixers as the Ben thing was going on. Like, we just waited and waited and waited, and it was like, well, maybe Harden. And then it just got louder and louder, and obviously it ended up happening. Do you think that there's something real to this where the Knicks think they have a shot or an in to get Embiid in a trade? Not, not really. You know what the Knicks have, and I give them credit for this? They have a lot of assets. So if somehow you guys decided, hey, let's blow it up, let's trade Joe and Embiid, yeah, the Knicks are going to be one of those teams on that short list that could at least supply you the rebuilding assets that you want. So credit to Leon Rose. He's collected that over the last few years. And they're set up to trade for any quote-unquote superstar that becomes available. A, I'm skeptical your team would ever trade Joel Embiid. B, I'm skeptical they would ever trade him inside the conference, inside the division. And the only reason the Nets did it with James Harden is because they had no choice. He was a free agent at the end of the year. That was the one team that was willing to offer you something, which at the time, seemed a lot better than it turned out. Well, you got, I'll say this about Philly. I can't stand you guys. You guys nailed it about Ben Simmons. I apologize for ever doubting everything you guys said about Ben Simmons. What a disaster. But I don't think the Knicks have any inside track other than the fact that if you rebuild, they've got a ton of young assets they could send your way. But I just don't see it. I think this is what Knicks fans do every couple of years. A star gets rumored to be available, and they're first in line to go acquire that guy. And I think Leon's plan, Leon Rose, who runs the Knicks' plan is kind of like what he tried with Donovan Mitchell but stopped short, is they're going to try to get the next big available superstar. So if Joel Embiid somehow becomes available, sure, they're going to make a bid for him. But I just think it's very different. I don't think Embiid would be able to force his way to the Knicks the way James Harden was able to force his way to Philly. Evan, I'll tell you, watching the playoffs, one guy I'm jealous of that I wish was here, um, and I guess I had a chance to get him, you know, multiple times, draft or, you know, as his career went on, is is Jalen Brunson, Villanova guy. I mean, Evan, I don't know what the reaction was up in New York when, when the Knicks signed him. It didn't make big ripples across the NBA. It was like, oh, well, why'd the Mavericks let him go? He's even better than I thought. I watched him here at Villanova. Th- that guy's a winner. Not a loser. He's a winner, Evan. No, the ultimate winner. I think the reaction that we all had to the signing was good signing, solid signing. This is a franchise that hasn't had a real point guard in 20 years. So I also think there's that desperation factor of, oh, wow, here's a real point guard who's going to run this team for the next few years. But what he did this year was, I think, far greater than anyone could have expected, especially what he did in the playoffs. I mean, he was basically in that final game six, the only guy trying to will the Knicks away to forcing a game seven, especially when Julius Randle was basically a quarter of what he was during the regular season and his effort wasn't there consistently. And Brunson was doing it on a bad ankle. 
that's the other thing. He wasn't only putting up those big numbers and trying to will them to a game six victory. He was doing it while injured. So everybody in New York City has great respect for everything Jalen's done. I think he's far exceeded all of our expectations. But it wasn't necessarily a controversial signing. Like when they signed him, there wasn't that much negativity towards it. Maybe there was a thought of, ah, is it too much money for him? How good is he without Luka? Well, the answer is he's better without Luka. Some guys need to kind of get their own team. They, they need to get the keys to the castle before you realize how brilliant they are. I think we're seeing it on the other side of New York with another Villanova kid, Mikel Bridges, where you knew he was good. You didn't know he was this good until he basically got to run his own team. So, Evan, I'm kind of curious because I was never in New York when the Knicks were good. What was it like to have the Knicks be in the playoffs in New York City? It was electric, man. It really was because the funny thing about New York is we're split in baseball, obviously. There's more Yankee fans, but there's a lot of Mets fans. We're split in football. There's more Giants fans, but there's a lot of Jets fans. So even when the Giants are on a run like they ran into this year before you guys just slaughtered them in the playoffs, there's always like that mix. I'm a Net fan, I admit it, but I'm one of like 17 Net fans in New York. We are outnumbered (laughs) by a lot. So when the Knicks are on a run, I hate to say it, but i got to be honest, it brings the city together. The city is almost like universally rooting for that one team, which you guys get to do all the time because you got one baseball team, one football team. We're not like that, but I think with the Knicks, it's the one example, the one exception mm-hmm. where we are like that one team city. So personally, it was infuriating because I'm a jealous, jealous bastard, but <laughs> it was it was something else as they made their run. All right, Evan, let's end with this. We, we were debating this morning whether we think the Phillies are actually good or not, or they're just going to you know be a middling team all year. Uh, have your Mets turned the corner, this NL East? It, it's, it's always the same, Evan. I, I think you and I are on the same age. I mean, the Braves are always the best team. I mean, it's just it's year in, year out. It's just infuriating. But Mets and Phillies, both off of good years last year and both off to slow starts. What, what do you think? Have your Mets turned the corner? I think that the way they won a game last Wednesday against Tampa felt like the game that kind of turned their whole season around. Now, that wouldn't have mattered if they lost the following day, but they haven't lost since. So they have this great, incredible comeback against the Rays on Wednesday night. They win Thursday. They win Friday. They sweep a doubleheader Sunday against Cleveland. So I don't want to be too optimistic here. And you're right. The Braves are going to win the division. They do it all the time. We just have to, we just have to accept it. But it does feel like that one win – on Wednesday night has turned the Mets season around and the Yankees are playing better, the Mets are playing better. We've got more optimism now in New York baseball-wise. Evan, appreciate a few minutes here 